we are in week three of our four-part worship series on the exodus of the Israelite people from Egypt. This is one of the foundational stories of our faith. It's a story of suffering and redemption, of doubt and trust. Over the past several months, this story of exodus has been popping up in my mind over and over again. And when I read, read this story a few months ago again, I was amazed at how this ancient story, thousands of years old, speaks so clearly to us this year of 2020. And today's scripture reading is the perfect example of that. Let's take a look. The reading is from the book of Exodus, verses 1 through 14 as from the English, Common English Bible translation. The people saw that Moses was taking a long time to come down from the mountain. They gathered around Aaron and asked him, Come on, make us gods who can lead us. As for this man, Moses, who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't have a clue what happened to him. Aaron said to them, All right, take out the gold rings from the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took out the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. He collected them and tied them up in a cloth. Then he made a metal image of a bull calf. And the people declared, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf. Then Aaron announced, Tomorrow we will be a festival to the Lord. They got up early the next day and offered up entirely burnt offerings and brought well-being sacrifices. People sat down to eat and drink and then got up to celebrate. The Lord spoke to Moses, Hurry up and go down. Your people, whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt, are ruining everything. They've already abandoned the path that I commanded. They have made a metal bull calf for themselves. They bowed down to it and offered sacrifices and declared it, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, I've been watching these people, and I've seen how stubborn they are. Now leave me alone. Let my fury, fury burn and devour them. Then I'll make you a great nation out of you. But Moses pleaded with the Lord his God, Lord, why does your fury burn against your own people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and amazing force? Why should the Egyptians say he had an evil plan to take the people out and kill them in the mountains and so wipe them off the earth? Calm down your fierce, fierce, fierce anger. Change your mind about doing terrible things to your own people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, 
your servants, whom you promised, I'll make your descendants as many as the stars in the sky. And I promise to give your descendants this whole land to possess for all times. Then the Lord changed his mind about these terrible things he said he would do to his people. So endeth the reading. Thanks, Doug, for reading our scriptures for this morning. Today we have the story of the golden calf. So to set the stage, God has delivered the Israelite people from brutal slavery to the Egyptians. God set apart the Israelites as God's chosen people through which God would redeem the entire world. Moses is guiding them with God's leading through the wilderness to this promised land. Now Moses has gone up to Mount Sinai to meet with God. And the Israelites, along with Moses' brother Aaron, are waiting for him to come down and to tell them what God is leading them to next. But Moses has been up on Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights. A long time. And because at this point, Moses is the Israelites' people, connection, their connection to God, they've been without access to God for this long time. And they begin to be impatient and anxious for, for Moses' return and to be their connection to God once more. So they take the initiative and they create their own access to God. They ask Aaron, make gods for us. Telling Aaron, make gods for us. As for this guy Moses, who brought us out of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him. And Aaron says, yeah, okay, give me all your gold jewelry. And he goes to work and he melts down all of their gold and he creates and forms this golden calf out of their jewelry. And he says, here, this is your God now. This is the God who brought you up out of Egypt. They built an altar for this God. They planned a festival to worship this God. And they sacrificed offerings to this little G God. They know that Moses is still up on Mount Sinai, receiving leadership from God for them. But they, and they are down at the foot of this mountain, and there's no way that they forgot what was going on, what was happening. They were impatient. That's, that's the plane of it. Moses was up there, and they were restless. And they didn't want to wait anymore, so they took matters into their own hands, and they made this little G-God. And the thing is, though, that they know better. When they say to Aaron, make gods for us, they know that it flies in the face of the first two commandments that God gave them. God said, you shall have no other gods before me, and you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or earth beneath or the waters below. You shall have no other gods before me, and you shall not make for yourselves an image. God was very, very clear. However, that's exactly what they did. They made gods who are products of their own imaginations and their own invention. 
Now, this is not the only time that this has happened in human history. People have been creating idols, whether intentionally or unintentionally, forever. Money, success, ourselves, idols, our gods are anything that we put our trust in. And when I read this story of the Israelites, it hit me in the gut. We are the Israelite people. We have become impatient. We've tried to take things into our own hands. We want normalcy now. Our golden calf, the idol in which we place our trust, is that normalcy that we had before 2020 and the pandemic and all the unrest that has happened since March. Last week, I mentioned how tired I am, tired of making decisions and tired of everything being new and different. And it's tempting to say, you know what? We're going to go back to the way that things were. We need normalcy right now. We need something that we can count on. Let's just do the way, things the way that we've always done them for comfort's sake. Or maybe instead of normalcy, we've created the idol of ourselves. You think to yourself, well, I can't really trust anything or anyone else right now. And so I am going to trust myself. I know what I want, I know what's good for me, and so I'm gonna just take care of myself now. And you focus on self-preservation. Other people can take care of themselves, I'm gonna worry about me. It's tempting. And I think many of us have given into that temptation. We've forgotten who rescued us from slavery to sin, who saved us and made us whole, who is with us and loves us no matter what. Just like the Israelites standing at the bottom of the mountain knowing that that Moses was up there talking to God, but getting impatient, forgetting about Moses and the one true God. We have allowed our own impatience and the allure of comfort and security in the things that we see to take over our trust in God. In Exodus, this scripture goes on to say that God sees what the people are doing. And God gets angry at the Israelites, calling them corrupt and stiff-necked. That's not a phrase that we normally hear now, but that phrase means it's someone like an ox who's difficult to control, someone who is stubborn. The Israelites did not want to turn and listen and be led by God. How stiff-necked we have become. Just like parents then that get angry with their children when they choose not to listen or they choose to disobey, Because I know that my kids have done that. I've told them not to do something. They've looked at me, and then they've done it anyway, choosing to disobey. And just like I got angry at them then, God got angry with the Israelites. And I can imagine that God gets angry with us now too. But that is scary to think about, to think that God, 
our God who is loving and caring can also get angry. It's scary. But when we remember that God can get angry, it helps us to recognize the fullness of who God is. Yes, God is merciful and God is forgiving. And God is sovereign and powerful and should not be mocked. God is God. Unlike earthly parents, God does not choose to lash out in anger. When my children disobey me, my first instinct, like Jenny was talking about, is to react in anger. But God does not do that with God's children. God can, and God chooses not to. God could have unleashed God's wrath on Israel when they directly went against God's commands. But God did not. And no matter how many times we turn away from God and create our own idols out of ourselves and all of the things that we see in this world, God will not lash out in anger at us. God will give us grace upon grace upon grace, showering us with understanding and forgiveness if we are willing to receive it. God will continue to uphold God's promises to be with us and to care for us always and forever. Now we are solidly six months into our lives and our worlds being turned upside down. And I wholeheartedly understand the temptation to take things into your own hands and to create for yourselves idols of comfort and the way things were and self-preservation. I read something and I, I heard a podcast from Brene Brown this past week that talked about this, this six-month wall that we have hit and how it is real and we are just in a hard point. We've been dealing with all of this for six months and we are tired and we are worn out and we don't wanna do this any, anymore. We want life to go back to that normal that we had. But hear me when I say this, even though we might not feel it at this very moment, God is with us. God is moving and working within and throughout this holy disturbance of 2020. And God will not let us go. God will not leave us at this wall. God will help us through this wall and get us to the other side to a new promised land. Be patient. Look up the mountain. Remember that God is there with us. God, even if it feels like we have been down here waiting at the foot of the mountain for a long time, God will keep God's promises, and God will lead us through this wilderness, through this wall, into the promised land. Glory to our God. Amen.
Now I invite you during this next song to share your joys and your concerns with one another. This is a time where we can be in prayer with one another no matter where we are and no matter what we might be doing. We know that God unites us and that God hears our prayers. So let us prepare our hearts for prayer during this. join me in prayer. Creator God, we gather today physically apart, but one in your spirit. The changing seasons of life 